You're listening to the Attempt Adventure Podcast, a podcast about finding adventure every day and making your life a little more interesting. From Dallas, Texas, I'm James Barrett, joined as always by my co-host, Michael DeRosiers, still in Bangkok, Thailand, but uh, not for very long, assuming I test negative on my uh, emergency fit-to-fly test next week. Then I should be in Dallas myself. All right. So I'm getting all my documents. I got to get my CDC form. I got to get all my immigration forms because you got to fill out all these documents now when you're landing. I got to get my fit to fly certificate. I have to have my negative COVID test. That's a lot of stuff to go through when the United States didn't care about COVID at all. Well, and it's even worse when I have to come back here. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, I'm getting ready to go and I'm excited. Haven't packed yet. I'm a terrible procrastinator when it comes to packing. Oh, yeah. You pack the day before, no matter how long you're going to be there. So anyway, I'll be back soon. I'll be excited to uh, to see you and hopefully have some uh, little adventures while I'm there. Yes, sir. Well, James, you're in Texas. I'm soon to be in Texas. And today we're going to be talking about Texas, the Lone Star State, our childhood home. We're going to be talking about some of the best things to do and see and eat when you're there. Now, Texas... It's a pretty big state. It's bigger than a lot of countries. And that Mm -hmm. makes it a really interesting place to visit and travel to. And uh, and that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode of the Attempt Adventure Podcast. Yeah, but first, James, before any Mm -hmm. of that, did you do anything new or adventurous this week? I did. I played golf at a brand new course that's down the street from my house. Brand new to me. Not brand new. But I played terribly. I'm not very good at golf. But it's in like a little nature preserve type thing. It's 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 very nice, very pretty, and it was a good time. Cool. I, I like the idea of golf. I took two semesters of it at college, but I'm worse than you are because we've, we've played together. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I just, it was just a bad day. My dad and I were playing, and I think about four holes in, we decided we weren't going to keep score anymore. We just put check marks. I become embarrassed if I keep score. <laughs> but anyway, so not super exciting, but but new, and it was fun. That is really fun. Very cool. Got some fresh air, saw some uh, mm-hmm. greenery, which is always nice. A lot of geese for some reason. Hmm. I, I want to say hundreds, but that sounds like a lot. <laughs> really? At least a hundred geese. Wow. that's when you, when you said a lot of geese, I was thinking like 12. 12 no, like geese seems like a lot geese. of geese. I'm, wow. And they were just like walking around and geese are terrifying. For those of you that don't know, Canada geese, <laughs> they are evil. They're full of hatred and rage and they will attack you for no reason. Or for a reason, because it's fun and it mm-hmm. uh, warms their evil little hearts to do so. And it's annoying because they're, they're kind of adorable. A creator made them adorable and like fuzzy and they make cute little honks. But they are evil. They are like if a cobra had wings. Yeah. No, no, they are not ducks. They are not ducks. Ducks are cool. They're both water birds. They look kind of similar. They are not the same bird. Geese are huge and evil and will attack you. They are very strong. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they bring down airplanes. They do. Into the Hudson. See, I have a theory that, that um, Sully Sullenberger, which is a ridiculous name, <laughs> um, he definitely milked the whole hero thing for a long time. 
Well, I thought you were going to say, I have a theory that the geese brought down the plane on purpose because they're so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's a good one though. So evil. Yeah. I was going to say he hit them on purpose because they're evil. (laughs) (laughs) She's geese. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) When we, when we record in my morning, it is goofier. (laughs) Anyway, enough about geese. Stay tuned for our brand new podcast, Goose Talk. We're just talking about geese for an hour. There's one episode and that's all you get. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, you know, yeah, I played golf. Mm -hmm. That was my new thing. What about you? What did you do this week? Well, um, I hate to bring it back to birds, but, uh, you know, last week we, we talked about birding and I watched that movie, The Big Year. With Steve Martin and Jack Black and Owen Wilson. It was really good. It's not like a, I mean, it's funny. It is definitely a comedy. It's very lighthearted, but it's not like a laugh out loud kind of comedy. It's a comedy in the same vein as like, um, as like the secret life of Walter Mitty. It's very inspiring. You know what I liked about Hmm. it? It was not mean spirited at all. A lot of comedies can be a little bit mean spirited. This was like the most wholesome, like (laughs) nice movie. It was just three guys looking at birds. So I watched that, and as as much as we joked about birding last week, I thought, oh, that looks kind of fun. So I uh, did a little research, bought the bird guide, had it sent to my parents' house. It's waiting for me there. And then my fiance and I bought a nice pair of binoculars, like a decent pair of binoculars. Nice. And I'm going to be trying to trying to identify some birds when I'm in the U.S. So it's more just like research into a, an adventure that I would like to try. But I watched the movie, jumps. got the book, got the binoculars. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a start into a new type of adventure. I don't know how serious I'm going to be about birding. I don't imagine myself to be like a, a legit bird watcher like some of these guys. But it's cool. You know, and birds are cool. Birds are cool. Maybe not They're geese. cool. <laughs> I do have a uh, an announcement here. Got in touch mm-hmm. with our friend Adam from As Adam Goes. We asked him a couple weeks about the Tato Sandwich and what flavor you're supposed to use. And he sent me a message back. He said, yeah, the original Tato sandwich is cheese and onion. You can of course use any other flavors, but the OG one is Tato cheese and onion flavor. So there you go. Butter, cheese and onion crisps, white bread. See, that sounds good. I need that. Yeah. So see in the U S we don't have cheese and onion. We have sour cream and onion, mm-hmm. which I mean, probably similar. similar. Sour cream is kind of cheesy. Cheese-ish. I guess, you know, Made of the same ingredients, technically. So, but there you go. I think maybe a sour cream and onion chip would be would mm-hmm. be good on that. I can imagine that going well. Yeah, I need that. Mm. There's a a new line of Lay's potato chips here in Thailand, and they are street foods around the world. Hmm. There's one from our own homeland, the United States of America, cheeseburger flavored. Oh no. Is it good? And I got to tell you, James, they're pretty good. It tastes like a cheeseburger? I mean, as much as a potato chip can taste like a cheeseburger. Yeah, they try that. Like here, right now, the potato chips we have, because Lay's is doing their, like, summer flavors thing that they do. We have, like, mango habanero, which is pretty good. Um, What, what are the other two? Um, BLT. That sounds good. And then we have jerk chicken. That does sound good. And that sounds good too. One does taste like jerk chicken. I don't know how they did it, but it does taste like jerk chicken. It's weird. Well, I gotta say, I've had some downright weird flavors mm-hmm. here in Thailand. Like 
weird flavored potato chips just don't take off. Americans don't eat them. People go. No, people like their. People don't like trying new new crazy flavors. People have their flavor they like. Barbecue, sour cream and onion. I'm a sour cream and onion guy when it comes down to it. It's pretty good. Um, but but in Thailand, Lay's especially, they go crazy. I mean, <laughs> they they, they have like king crab exo sauce. A couple years ago, they had these cooling sensation flavored. One Not was like Those are weird. iced lemonade, and the other one was like melon bingsu and they both had this weird menthol element that made your mouth feel cold and tingly and that's just not right <laughs> no <laughs> they did a honey butter one a while back which is those are delicious good. honey butter potato chips are delicious they had they they teamed up with kfc one year to make chicken waffle flavor which was actually amazing if they had those flavors i think they would go well because in the past lays has had like chicken and waffle flavor here or things like that's that. that's really but- good they typically just try and go super crazy. Like as a novelty. Now, I mean, here, things like chili squid wouldn't go over well. No, there are, are, to be really fair, good. there are a lot of seafood flavored chips here. Which are all, maybe not Weirdly all, good. most are really good. The chili squid and the king crab one are super good. And then there's like, just like Thai flavors. There's like Tom Yum and Lob and, mm-hmm. and all that. And that's great. Also good. It's like in Thailand, they flavor them after foods. And in the U.S., they flavor them after, like, ideas. <laughs> there you go. That's interesting. That's an interesting philosophy, and I think you're right. They're theming it, like you said, like, summer theme, like, tropical mm-hmm. mango or whatever it was. Like, there's... I wonder the why. Only, only, like, during their, like, limited release ones do they have them, like, street taco, things like that. Then they have them, but their, like, actual flavors are just, like, vague ideas of what things should taste like. Interesting. The best one that's out right now as part of this world street food is this flavor right here. This is Korean cream cheese garlic. And there is nothing oh, yeah, wrong with that. Oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. No. Korean cream cheese garlic. It's incredible. You should just buy a case of those and just bring them back with you. Maybe I'll bring you a, a bag of these and a bag of the hamburger ones and you can try them. Yeah. <laughs> Snack time Asia. Bringing it back. You go to the airport and uh, your suitcase is, and there's no clothes. It's just... a potato chips <laughs> i mean it already is full of like food stuffs that i'm bringing home to the fam so <laughs> yeah anyway yeah so anyway nice. there you go well speaking of food ladies and gentlemen one last reminder this is your last week to get in your monthly challenge for the month of july that is to take a picture of some local food some interesting mm-hmm. local food that you're proud of you want to share with us You can interpret that any way you want. We have had some amazing response. We've had some really great entries into the monthly challenge. Yes, we have. And we'll be talking about that, I guess, maybe next week. After all of the entries Mm -hmm. are in, we'll be talking about some of our favorites, maybe one or two of our favorites that people have sent to us. Hello at attemptadventure.com, subject line challenge. In this episode, yeah, we're talking about travel in our own home state of Texas, a place that we both know and love. We both know pretty well on account Mm -hmm. of having lived there for a lot of our lives. You for most of your life, except for one year, I guess. Yeah, one year. Me for most of my upbringing, except for my year of my birth, in which I was in Chicago for some reason. And now, when I live in the kingdom of Thailand... But except for that, my formative years were spent in Texas, and I did a lot of road trips with my family in Texas. A couple weeks ago, we had our episode about the Irish road trip, and we were both talking about how much we love road trips. 
and we decided we, we wanted to do a Texas road trip episode, or at least a Texas travel episode. Yeah, because a road trip through Texas is a, it's an undertaking. For perspective, for our, maybe our European listeners, Texas is approximately the same size as France. Is it? It is. Hmm. Fact-checking. Uh, not because I don't believe you, but because that surprises me. Thailand is 75% the size of Texas. How's that? Mm. <laughs> yes, you were right. Texas is about the same size as France. It is bigger yeah. than France. So it's big. It's the size of some countries. And the interesting thing about Texas is that because of its geography, it has a little bit of everything. It has big cities, of course, but it also has coasts and islands, and it has mountains and deserts. It has forests. It has swamps. It gets real cold in the north real hot in other parts of it. It's a massively diverse state. It's got a lot of cool stuff to see. Because of this diversity, it has also a lot of diverse, you know, culture in it. Oh, Basically, yeah. each region, and we've split it up into one, two, five regions, which is about right. East Texas, North Texas, West Texas, Central, and South. And all are very, very different. Geographically, culturally, culinarily. In every way. Yeah, and today we're going to talk about three of the five regions of Texas. We're going to break those up into east, north, and west. Talk about those today. And then next time we're going to talk about central and hill country. And then the south Texas slash the Gulf Barrier Islands. Yeah, so this is going to be a lot of fun. And let's get to awesome. it. Awesome. Here we go. So I think, James, let's start with each region. Let's give an overview of the region, and then let's talk about some interesting things to do and see in that region. Yeah, and definitely. if you don't mind, can we start with, I'm sorry, maybe the, the least interesting region, East Texas? It, I yeah. mean, you can, you can argue with me if you, if you disagree with that. You can disagree. I mean, it's not, it's definitely the most, the least happens there. However, it is very pretty. It is, <laughs> but I actually had trouble finding interesting stuff to put on the list. Yeah, there's there's not a ton. Um, as you start going to East Texas, the first thing you hit are piney woods. There's just huge swaths of forest and piney woods. And sort of as you keep going further, that sort of turn, starts turning swampy. Right. As you get closer to like Louisiana. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of towns. There's not really any big cities in East Texas. There's. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know. There's a lot of nature. So it's definitely but, great yeah, for that. A lot of forests. It's great if you like the woods. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's, it's sometimes even known as the Piney Woods region of Texas. Mm -hmm. But other than that, there's not a whole lot, you know, going, going on there. Um, like not a lot of like attractions, I guess. Yeah. That's a better way to put it. There's. Because I'm sure there's a lot going on there. And. But I haven't spent much time there. Yeah, I, I've been there for camping a lot. Like, mm -hmm. I really like going out to Tyler State Park. I think it's a really pretty state park, especially in the autumn. Yeah, you really feel like you're in the, the deep woods. It's quiet. It's it's nice. Yeah, and they have a good bike trail. But I haven't been to, like, the towns that much. But, but there's stuff to see. So let's talk about it. So what's first on our list here? Yeah, first on our list is Caddo Lake State Park. This one is interesting because Caddo Lake is the only natural lake in Texas. Texas has lots of lakes. However, there's only one natural lake. The rest are man-made as reservoirs, or I think some of them were just made as lakes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think some were stock bonds. Yes. For fish and stuff. 
we have a lot of rivers. Most of the water system in Texas is rivers, not lakes. So we only have one natural lake, and it's Caddo Lake State Park, and it is swampy. That's <laughs> <Yes, laughs> I mean, what I was going to say. Yeah, it is. But it's cool. I mean, if you like that, mm-hmm. it's a cool place you can canoe, and it feels like you're in kind of a different world. Lots of wildlife, lots of birds, yeah. reptiles, fish, tons and mm-hmm. tons of wildlife. It's it's really neat, actually. I would definitely recommend checking that out if you are a nature person. Because being in a swamp is sort of, and I guess marsh is more, probably more what it is, marshy, swampy. I'm I don't not know how to really sure the official it. definition. Yeah. It really does feel like you're in a different world. It's completely different from like anything else. <laughs> kind of spooky. A little spooky. Yeah. I will say that if you're going to East Texas, I would definitely try to go in the autumn or winter. I think autumn is the mm-hmm. best in East Texas. I mean, in general, autumn is probably the best in Texas. Yes. But East Texas, you definitely want to avoid the spring and summer because it's going to be real humid. And it's just unbearable. <laughs> yeah. I have something else on here, and that was the Texas Rose Festival and the Tyler Rose Museum. Because apparently Tyler is like the only place in Texas that is that like has really like a, a rose horticulture in industry. I'm not sure if industry is the right word, but apparently they're famous. In fact, world famous for their roses. So if you are into plants and if you're into flowers, that would be an interesting place to check out. Tyler itself is a cool little town. Uh, it has art museum and stuff like that. I, I haven't really spent much time in the town. I have to admit. So if anyone is listening from Tyler, let us know. Maybe write in. Yeah, because we don't know anything about it. Sorry, guys. Except except your state park, which I really like. I yeah. really like Tyler State it Park. It is very nice. That's where the raccoons ate our cobbler. It is. <laughs> They're thieving raccoons. Um, do you have anything else in the East Texas region? No. I also struggled. When I looked up things to do and stuff like that, a lot of it was go camping, go to Caddo Lake, you know, go right. to Tyler. Right. There's not a ton. Yeah, but a lot of nature, a lot of camping, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of what you would do out that way. Camping, fishing. Anything with nature, animals, wildlife, that kind it's of great. thing. great. Probably hunting if you're into that kind of thing. Yes. All right, James. A little nearer mm-hmm. and dearer and closer to our heart is North Texas, which we also paired up with the Panhandle region, which is different, but we're grouping them together. Yeah. The Panhandle probably would be like, we're the North Texas, because that makes sense. But... but we call the DFW area North Texas. North Texas. And this is where we grew up. The Dallas-Fort Worth region is, <laughs> it's basically one huge city. The Metroplex, yeah. as it is called. Basically, you can go from all the way from Fort Worth to Dallas and you're never not in a city. That's sort of. Right. Right. You have Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington, the hilariously named Dalworthington Gardens. It's a speed trap. Be careful. <laughs> the unfortunately named White Settlement. And yes, it is named that because of exactly what it sounds like. Sorry, everybody. But, but there's a lot to do in the DFW area. And mm-hmm. it's interesting. Even, you know, it's a big city. It's a built up area. But there is cool stuff to do in the city and outside of the city. Uh, the first thing I'll say is that, you know, Texas isn't what people think. People from abroad, when they think of Texas, they think of cowboys. And it's actually completely not like that. But there are places that you can see cowboys, and one of the best places, if you are a tourist, is the Fort Worth Stockyards. Even if you're not a tourist, it's a lot of fun. It really is. They have the uh, cattle drive down the street every day. Mm-hmm. They have a cattle drive. There's a rodeo every Friday. If you are lucky enough to be in Texas during the Fort Worth Stock Show, it is definitely worth going to. 
I mean, these are real cowboys. This is not like a yes a show for tourists. These are like legit no, cowboys. These, you know, I am I am not a I don't know because I feel like every Texan has a little bit of like cowboy in them. That if you could wear boots and a hat, you would. <laughs> <laughs> if you are able to go to a place where you can wear cowboy boots and a cowboy hat, you're going to do it because it's fun. And the Fort Worth Stockyards is definitely a place that you you get that culture. I have always said to go to Dallas for, you know, entertainment and things like that. Go to Dallas for that and go to Fort Worth for culture because Fort Worth has kept their wild west culture and they're proud of it. Yeah. The city's nickname or the city's like slogan is where the West begins. And they have Mm -hmm. that. I mean, even the downtown area still has a bit of like Western flair to it. Yeah. Sundance square is. Yeah. Perfect for that. You have the stockyards, which has, they've kept it basically how it looked forever. The downtown stockyards has all the old shops and everything else. You can get, you can still go get fitted for like boots and mm-hmm. probably a gun belt. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's neat. And you get to learn a lot about the history of the, of the region. I always like it a lot more than I think I'm going to because. For me, there's a big difference between, like, cowboy culture and then, like, the country culture that came afterwards. Cowboys and, like, Western stuff, I like. I'm a big fan of that. And these these people are the real deal. They're not actors. And I think that's really what makes it. Because Texas isn't mostly like that. It's not what people imagine. This is kind of exciting and a little bit exotic, even for you and me who grew up in the Dallas mm-hmm. area. Like we're like, Ooh, cowboys, you know, just like yeah. you would if you were like from, from Europe and had never seen a cowboy. Like we get excited when we see cowboys because it's cool because it's not yeah, like an everyday know, thing. There are places in Texas where that's still very much the norm. Sure. And yeah. But not in Dallas, <laughs> not in Dallas, especially North Texas in general. There's not cowboys. Not no. really. The only people that wear cowboy hats are oil barons. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The stockyards is definitely something to do. Tons of great food in both mm-hmm. Fort Worth, Dallas, everywhere around there. Definitely check it out. In Dallas, I would say go check out the museums. Dallas has great museums. The Perot Museum is great. The Dallas Museum of Art is, is wonderful. And free. The Dallas World Aquarium is not free, but really good. <laughs> no, it's a bit pricey, but it's very, very good. A sloth grabbed me there. No way. Mm-hmm. Wow. They have a sloth in like a tree that you can like go look at. And it reached down and it grabbed me. <laughs> it was like a Tarzan and Jane moment. You like hold the hand. No, I was like, I wanted to take the sloth <laughs> with me at that point. We, we had a connection. But the worker lady said, I couldn't, I couldn't touch no. the sloth. I was like, can I at least hold it? It wants, it, it, it chose me. What would I do if I brought home a sloth? Just, <laughs> <laughs> what does it eat? I don't even know. Well, for one, I'm not sure your fiance would be super happy with you. This was a long time ago, so I would have just still had, I would have been that guy with a sloth when I met her. In which case, you probably would not be engaged right now if you were that guy with a sloth. Like, <laughs> Maybe. She doesn't really like sloths. Can so. the guy with a sloth get a girlfriend? I mean, let's be honest. Um, it's kind of like the guy that walks around with the big snake. I mean, and I have a snake. He's cool. He's chill. Yeah. But he's small, so. He's been on my shoulder before. Yeah, he's great. But no, I don't know the guy with a sloth could get a girlfriend. If you're like, they're like, do you have any pens? You're like, yeah, I have a sloth. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, no. You're either going to, okay, that's either going to completely derail anything you're trying to do or get you a girlfriend. There's, there's two options. 
Anyway, so that's sort of our region. It's it's great for nightlife, great for entertainment. Yeah, I would say museums. Museums. You know, the Kimball Art Museum in Fort Worth is really good. Mm-hmm. The um, yeah, the Pro Museum, the Kennedy, the Sixth Floor Museum. You know, a lot of people travel to Dallas just to go to the Kennedy Assassination Memorial and the museum, which is very good. See, I haven't been there. I've mm. lived here a long time and I haven't been there. Definitely check it out. You can take the the train, the TRE, between the two cities, and that's a fun experience just in and of itself, mm-hmm. riding the uh, the TRE between Dallas and Fort Worth. Yeah, the Trinity River Express is a fun train. The rest of the public transportation, not as good, but... I mean, it'll get you there. It'll get you there, but just don't expect a lot. It's fine. Anyway, what's next on our list? Next, I had Dinosaur Valley State Park in Glen Rose, Texas. You can drive out that way, wave hello to the nuclear power plant. Yeah, you'll end up at Dinosaur Valley State Park. So if you are into paleontology, it's a really cool place because there's this Mm -hmm. riverbed and there are legit dinosaur footprints that have been fossilized in the riverbed. And you can just walk right up to them, look at them, put your hand in them if you want to. I mean, they're just right there. You can like touch the history and it's really cool. Yeah, they have a good visitor center with all the stuff about it. And besides that, it's also just a really good state park. It is great hiking trails. It's really pretty. Hiking out trails, that way biking, too. yeah, camping is good. If the river is high, you can swim in the river. You kind of want the river to be low though, so that you can see the footprints. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's a catch twenty two. Depends on it is go in the autumn because I've been in the summer and you find the deep part of the river and you just swim. It's mm. nice. River swimming is great. I love rivers. But yeah, it's it's really cool. A lot of history. Glen Rose itself has some great barbecue. Failing that, there's not a whole lot else to do in Glen Rose. There's a Dairy Queen. There's a Dairy Queen and a Chicken Express, <laughs> which I've eaten at both of those things. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dinosaur Valley State Park's really cool. Cool. Well, moving up to the Panhandle, the uh, northernmost part of Texas, which kind of is its own unique region, but we're grouping it in with North Texas because it's in the north. Palo Duro Canyon, also a state park. And I would argue one of the cooler state parks, definitely the coolest state park in Texas, but probably one of the cooler state parks in the U.S. After the Grand Canyon, Palo Duro Canyon is the second biggest canyon in the entire country. It is the second grandest canyon. And it's really and it is cool. It's, it's impressive. Awesome. Yeah, it is impressive. It is about an hour north of Lubbock or so in the aptly named Canyon, Texas. Yeah, it's near Amarillo. Near Amarillo, and it is. I I think it should be a national park. Personally, I believe it should be a national park. It is impressive enough and cool enough that it would definitely deserve a spot as a national park. If White Sands can be a national park, then Paladero can be a national park. Not taken away from White Sands. White Sands is cool, but I think that Texas doesn't want to give it up. I think that they want to keep mm-hmm. it a state park. I think that's really what it is. Great camping, even better hiking. And you go up there, and some of the best hiking is off-trail. Because there's not a ton of thick woods and things like that there. No, it's real easy to explore. And so you can explore it, and you can climb up a canyon, which is arguably don't do that. But if you can climb up and stand on the rim, it is very, very impressive. I have Mm. some videos that I'll have to find of when I would go hiking there. Go to our website, attemptadventure.com. We will have all these videos uh, and some pictures of everything we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll have to go find them. But with Paladero Canyon, it is another place to don't go in the summer. 
It is oh, no, no. incredibly hot. There's no shade. Yeah, I've been in the springtime, and spring is nice. You know, mm-hmm. it can actually get pretty cold up in the panhandle of Texas. It can snow up there pretty heavily in the wintertime, um, which is great, too, if that's what you're into. But autumn and spring, I would say, are the best times to be at Paladuro. Definitely. And after you have been hiking for a, a full day and you're tired, and if you have worked up an appetite, don't forget to stop in at the Big Texan Steak Ranch, <laughs> opened in 1960. If you are brave enough... And if you are hungry enough, you can take their 72 ounce steak challenge. So here's the deal. It's one of these things where like you eat the meal and you get it for free. The meal costs $72, but it's free if you can eat it in less than one hour. You have a 72 ounce steak, a bread roll with butter, a baked potato, a shrimp cocktail, and a salad. Yeah. And if you can eat it in an hour, it's free. And if you don't, you are out $72 and you will feel terrible about yourself. Yeah. Um, if you're going to attempt it, you got to finish it. Yeah. Apparently 9,800 people out of about 68,000 people have accomplished the feat and the record, although it's unofficial, uh, the record is held by a 500 pound Siberian tiger who ate the entire meal in 90 seconds <laughs> in 1999. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. You can't compete with that. <laughs> right. Can't um, compete with a tiger. I thought you were going to say a 500 pound man. <laughs> Oh, wow. The Actually, the human record, this is incredible, is 125-pound competitive eater Molly Schuler polished off the meal in just four minutes and 58 seconds and then came back for seconds. How do you eat a steak in four minutes? And, and remain 125 pounds. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> competitive eating is gross. Let's move on. It is gross. <laughs> <laughs> I, but it's fun to watch the people try to do it because they start off real, real bold and they, they slow down. Uh, don't get the 72 ounce meal, but they have really good burgers. Very good burgers. See, I've though. never been there either. It's always, every time I've tried to, it's been very crowded. It's got a very tacky souvenir shop too, which is a lot of fun. The whole place is kind of tacky. Oh yeah. But in a fun sure. way. <laughs> All right. So now let's talk about West Texas, which is super cool. I, I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of West Texas. I think that when people think of Texas, oftentimes what they imagine, if they're not from here, or even if they're actually from the U.S. but not from Texas itself, is they they picture West Texas. So if you're thinking of like cowboys and like Western movies like Clint Eastwood, that's all West Texas. Mm -hmm. I think everyone thinks of El Paso when they think of Texas, which is El Paso is a cool place. It is, but to Texans, it's probably one of the most forgotten Texas cities because it's just so far away. It's just so hard to get It is there. so far. <laughs> it's really inconvenient. <laughs> to put it in perspective, it is better to fly into Albuquerque and drive to El Paso than it is to drive from Dallas to oh El Paso. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's like a 13-hour like drive or something. It's, it's terrible. It's closer yeah. to Los Angeles than it is Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Which is wild. Well, what have you got for West Texas, James? Yeah, the the first one I had is, what you have is Guadalupe Mountains. Mm, the right. National Park. Guadalupe Mountains National Park. It is free. It is one mm. of the free national parks, which is awesome. It looks like a Western movie. Yes. And it's, oh man, it's awesome. It's so great there. We've been there a couple times. Mm-hmm. When we were there, we were not prepared to do the hike. No. But it is a cool hike. Yeah, it is the highest point in Texas. 
which for those of you in states with mountains is not impressive, but for us it is. Yeah, yeah it's how tall is it? Not very. <laughs> I mean, I didn't look it up. But there's a great viewpoint at the top. It's 8,751 feet above sea level. It takes a couple hours to hike to the top. It's not, not tiny, but not huge. No. No, it says part of the Guadalupe Mountain Range in southeastern New Mexico and west Texas. Uh, but there's camping. You can go camping up there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, last time I was there, there were some guys who were planning to hike up into the mountains and do some wild camping up there. Great place for it. Um, do watch out for mountain lions. <laughs> yeah, mountain lions, snakes, scorpions, all the desert critters. If you're not prepared to do the hike to the mountain, there are some cool hiking trails down mm -hmm. below as well. Some really nice scenic trails that take you through the West Texas scrub, I guess you could call it. And I love things like pine forest and things like yeah. that, like up in the mountains and things like that. But there's something about scrub. It's interesting. It's kind of alien too. Yeah. It? Like the plants look weird, don't they? Like desert yes, plants. They I, look weird. And I have pictures of that too <laughs> when we were there. That's a place that you and I have been together pretty recently mm -hmm. with our uh, well, girlfriends at the time, fiancés now. Yes. It was really cold when we were there, too. Don't, maybe yeah, don't go guys... in the winter. It's really cold out there in the winter. You, everyone, you think Texas is hot. Uh, Guadalupe Mountains in like December it gets cold or January it's really is cold. really, really cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rough place. It's, it's hot during the day. It's cold at night. It's very much a desert. You know, you got to be prepared for that. And we were not. No. So we did not do the big hike, but uh, we did visit it and it's cool. They also have a good, it's a very small museum, but it's a good museum at the park headquarters, mm -hmm. kind of about the animals and, and stuff that you'll see out there. Well, also out that way is the, in the Davis mountains, the McDonald observatory. It's one of the dark sky spots in the U S and if you go out there, it has some of the best, you know, best night sky viewing. It's because it's in the desert. There's very rarely clouds. It's very remote. So there's no light pollution. Uh, and, and it's got one of the big national observatories out there. And you can take a cool tour. You can actually, you know, look through the telescope. You can go up there for night, <laughs> night visits and, and night experiences and things like that. A really interesting place. If you're into astronomy, possibly really if you're cool. into astrology, I wouldn't know. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't been to, a dark skies area. It is incredible. I have not been to an official one, but there have been plenty of times I've been driving home from West Texas at like three in the morning and I'll just pull off on the side of the road and just sort mm -hmm. of look up. It is incredible. Like, have you ever actually seen the Milky Way? No. In the sky? Yeah. You I won't see it. That's I've, I've seen it once here in Thailand up, up in the, the far North and like the, the mountains outside of Chiang Rai. It's, insane to see it like like you think like growing up in dallas you could see stars like i never thought oh man it's not like new york where you don't see anything you know we had stars in the sky but if you're actually out at a dark sky place it just it's, it blows it's your mind. crazy you, you don't realize how many stars are out there and it, it makes you feel kind of sad to be honest because most people will never never see that mm. and and you think that's what people used to see every night it's crazy. It's it's insane to think. If that. I had a if, if I had a time machine, I would love to go back to the U.S. before the, the white man came, <laughs> before white settlement. <laughs> yeah, and see what it was like. Yeah, but, alas, a lot of passenger pigeons. <laughs> yeah, and then the next one I had on here was the uh, was Monahan's Sandhills State Park, 
really cool. Uh, if you're not in the mood to go slightly further out to White Sands, Monahan Sand Hills is kind of the White Sands of Texas, although it's not white sand, but it is really nice sand and it's great sand for sledding. So people will go out there and they will go uh, sand sledding and you can rent the sand sleds at the park and, and go sliding down the I hills. I want to do that. That sounds like a lot of fun. For sure. Because the thing is at White Sands, the sand is gypsum and it's kind of, you can't slide very well on it. But at Monahan's, the sand is very slippery and you can slide really nicely apparently. And it's like, it's like sledding down a hill in the snow. I've actually never done it, but apparently it is a lot of fun. I want to do it. Uh, did you have anything else in West Texas? No. It's also fun just to drive through because it's very pretty in a barren sort of way. Some of these like oil towns out there, they're almost ghost towns, but it's cool. It's also cool in a way. And it's an interesting side mm-hmm. of Texas that's very different from what we get in Dallas or like the central region. And it's it's that beautiful desolation, right? Like the moon. Mm-hmm. It does kind of feel like being on the moon. It does. And there are parts of Guadalupe Mountains National Park that kind of feel a bit lunar. Um, but yeah, that's just that's just part one of this episode about travel in Texas. We're going to come back next week and do part two with some other regions. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just because Texas is a really cool, diverse place, and we're excited to share our home state with you guys. Again, do go to our website, attemptadventure.com, where you can see show notes for this episode, along with all sorts of pictures and maybe even some videos of things that we've talked about in this episode. And we're going to be back next time to talk about the remaining regions, as well as some general tips for traveling and road tripping in the great state of Texas. So stay tuned for part two. time for our favorite segment adventures in the news and this week sir it is your turn what have you got for us yeah so what i have this is ben fogel who is a adventurer tv personality okay recreates travel adventures from home under coronavirus lockdown oh, he says we went dog sledding went on safari horseback riding he skied across antarctica <laughs> basically what he does is he sends a tent up in his living room and he got uh, a he got a sled and he tied his dog to it. Okay. <laughs> and and was just sitting there pretending the whole time. <laughs> he went he set up a bunch of stuffed animals on his lawn and drove past it on a Jeep and called it a safari. Oh, fun. <laughs> okay. You know, it's you know, it's it's sort of one of those things where he's he's definitely making the best out of it. I, I like that. I like hearing about how people are doing their best right now to try to have these adventures when mm-hmm. they can't get out. It's not easy. You know, he he's having a good time. Yeah. It says he teaches survival skills from his children's treehouse. <laughs> That's awesome. I have a lot of respect for that because it's not easy right now. Still not easy. I saw that and thought it was fun. Yeah, that is really fun. A lot of people can't get out right now. And so mm. maybe for fun, buy a green screen and like green screen yourself onto places and just make a funny Instagram. <laughs> we could do James. We could do when I, when I come in and, and meet you, we could even do a, a, an Instagram or a Facebook live where we pretend that we're on an adventure mm-hmm. as a promotional stunt for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's funny. Like we'll be in Colorado, but we'll be pretending that we're, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. That's really fun. Yeah. I think it's important for people to understand that, even when you can't get out, you can still do things to 
right. have fun because I can guarantee you this guy had fun. Oh, yeah. It's not the same, but it's it's definitely fun, and it's something that I've been bad about. I've been sort of complacent in thinking, well, I can't really get out and do anything, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to be lazy. But you don't have to be. So, you know, I want anybody listening to this to write in. Tell us how you've been entertaining yourself or keeping sort of your adventure spirit going right during this whole time. That is super cool. I want to try to do something like that. I want to try to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been kind of going a bit stir crazy this year, locked down as have I'm sure a lot of people. And, you know, it's it's tough living in a studio apartment in in, in that time. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think that I might try to do something like this at some point. Maybe I do need to get a green screen. I have a pretty good <laughs> imagination, I think. So You put yourself like on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gents, one more reminder of our monthly challenge, which is about food, all about food. Find your favorite local food spot, our favorite local dish, local cuisine, anything. Send it to us in, in an email, hello at attemptadventure.com, subject line challenge. We're going to be talking about our favorites in a week or so, and we look forward to hearing what you've got to share with us. You can also find us on our website, attemptadventure.com, where you can find show notes as well as pictures of all the places, all of them that we talked about in this episode. So do check that out. I think the website looks great. We finally got a sidebar. That was a lot of fun to set up. Mm-hmm. I enjoy doing that. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, Attempt Adventure. I still have not bothered getting the Twitter unlocked. I might get around to that. Mm-hmm. Attempt Pod. but uh you know that's you know how that goes that's all right well ladies and gentlemen thanks as always for listening uh if you go to texas i hope you keep us in mind i hope that this podcast at least inspires some of your adventures so ladies and gentlemen thanks again for listening and until next time keep adventuring 